From Upstate Medical University, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. You may have heard of CTE in relation to football players or members of the military. Today we have two experts in physical medicine and rehabilitation who will discuss this progressive degenerative disease of the brain. We have Dr. Claudine Ward, an assistant professor in the Department of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation at Upstate, and Chief Psychologist Brian Rieger from the same department, and he's also the program director of the Upstate Concussion Center. Welcome to you both. Happy to be here. Morning. So CTE stands for chronic traumatic encephalopathy. What is that? Well, as you mentioned, it is a progressive neurodegenerative disease. And what that means is we have neuronal or brain cell uh, dysfunction and death. It's a type of uh, tauopathy, which is an abnormal buildup of a protein called tau. And it's accumulated in particular parts of the brain. And tau is only in the brain? Not exclusively, but it's found predominantly there in this particular disease. So why are we hearing about this in relation to football players or military members? So chronic traumatic encephalopathy is a disease that, as far as we know, the primary risk factor is repeated brain trauma such as might be suffered in football or other contact sports, hockey, soccer, and of course in the military where soldiers are exposed to blast and other concussive types of trauma to the head. Okay. All right. Because that's what you hear about in the news. But um, I, I also read recently in the news that doctors for the first time were able to diagnose CTE in a living person. So why is that significant? It's significant because currently the only way to diagnose CT is through biopsy. I'm sorry, autopsy, autopsy. which is a, a brain exam, an examination of the brain after death. So we can't do, we can't make this diagnosis in a live person yet. So the ability to diagnose CTE in a live person is significant because uh, we have a better chance of understanding the disease process, but perhaps more importantly, seeing if we're able to treat it. So what do you look for as a clinician then? That's a good question, Amber, because while the article you reference indicates that we've been able to find tau in the brain suggestive of CTE in a living person, it is still not established yet what the link between the presence of tau in the brain and the clinical symptoms or features of CTE. So what we know, the neuropathology of CTE is now well-defined. It's a very characteristic tau deposits in certain places in the brain. What we don't know yet is what are the actual clinical features of CTE. And when we see tau, to what extent is that explaining to us what we're seeing clinically? So that's a link that we don't have yet, and we need a lot more research to understand that. But as Dr. Ward mentioned... The ability to do research on CTE is significantly advanced by the ability to detect that tau in the brain. Well, it sounds like there's still a lot of puzzle pieces to put together, but not the least of which is even if you were able to connect what you see on an autopsy with the symptoms that the person might have had, what do you do about it? That's a million-dollar question. I mean, we, we would... The, the study is significant, going back to the study, the, it's, it's significant because uh, we want a way to diagnose it. 
And right now, it's our best guess. So we, in terms of what we look for for CTE, it's a history of repetitive blows uh, to the head. And that could be either uh, actually frank concussion um, or where they have symptoms or it's or subconcussive blows in which a person may have had a hit to the head, but they didn't have obvious symptoms afterwards. Along with that, we look for the symptoms associated with CTE, which are not unique to CTE. We can also see them following concussion. It also has to do with the time frame that these things are developing. So um, in, in terms of CTE, it, it looks like uh, that people typically develop these symptoms midlife, so later in life. And in addition to that, it's years after the exposure to the, to the hits. So you may have, for example, in football players, you may have someone who retired and they're not getting the repetitive blows, and yet they develop these symptoms years later, eight, nine years later. So it's like a dormant right damage right. that's dormant for well, a while. I, I, we believe. Yeah. And in some cases, it's they it can occur earlier. So some in some cases, the symptoms are occurring in their 20s. But whether that's the same uh, entity or whether that person is predisposed to, uh, to, to uh, demonstrating these symptoms, we really don't know. Um, but we look for the symptoms that are different in the beginning, and then they become more progressive as the, dis the disease advances. Okay. I think an important point uh, that Dr. Ward just made is that the disease, in some cases, will continue to progress even after an athlete or a soldier no longer is suffering that sort of repeated brain trauma. What's interesting is they found early evidence of CTE in athletes as young as 18. What we don't know is, is it always progressive? Dr. Ann McKee from uh, the Boston group doing a lot of work in this area uh, feels that there may be a threshold that you cross at some point where the disease goes from just some tau deposits to this progressive dementia. But we don't know that. Does it always become progressive? Are there risk factors? Um, why do some people develop this and others don't? So I know we're talking a lot about what we don't know today, Amber, but that should be a take-home well, message uh, about CTE. There uh, seems like point. there's a, a lot to still learn about it. But you've both mentioned tau deposits in the brain, and I've heard that in relation to dementia. So is there any connection between dementia and CTE, or do we think there might be? Well, CTE can cause dementia. And, and CTE, as I mentioned before, is a tauopathy, and as well as Alzheimer's, but they look different in terms of the, the, neuro, um, the neuropathological changes in the brain, for one. And they also may present uh, differently. So it is a cause, but it's, but it's not, not everybody who has CT is going to uh, develop dementia. Okay. To your point, though, Amber, it's only recently that international criteria were established for the neuropathology of CTE to really distinguish it from things like other dementias, and that was an important step. Uh, some people were arguing that CTE wasn't really a unique entity, that perhaps it did just uh, mimic other conditions, but I think there's little debate about that at this point. Again, what we don't know is how does it get started? How does it progress? Is it concussions or is it just repeated blows to the head? What are the clinical features? Right, whether, whether it is um, dependent on concussion. Um, 
Well, related to concussions, some people suggest, you know, football is to blame for this. And that, I mean, but do we know that even for sure? Well, again, the, the, uh, it's believed the repetitive blows to the head are believed to trigger this disease. It's important to note that it's not an accumulation of prior injuries. So in other words, we're not, we're not talking about getting a concussion and then you have uh, neuronal uh, or, or brain cell death, and then you have another concussion and it's an additive response. That's a, not at all what we're talking about. It really is its own uh, entity in terms of the, there is a trigger and we believe it's the repetitiveness of the, of the blows, um, but it's not to say we shouldn't confuse concussion with CTE. They're, they're not the same entity. And I would say the epidemiology of CTE is still not well understood. Again, going back to the need for more research. Obviously, it's a very bad thing when it happens, and no one would want to have CT or have their child develop CT. But the fact is that at this point, we think that many, 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 many more people who play football or other sports do not go on to develop CTE uh, versus those who do. So um, Dr. Ward and I were talking about this prior to the interview, that I think one of the good things that's happened is that CTE has raised awareness about head trauma in sports and, and made us ask the question, what is an acceptable risk at 8, at 12, at 16, at 25? Um, and so as we learn more, I think we will be seeing maybe changes in uh, the rules of sports or uh, guidelines for practices or things like that. We've already seen some of that based on concussion. Um, but in terms of um, trying to prevent CTE, if we stopped the repetitive blows, would that necessarily prevent CTE? At this point, the the primary risk factor that, that you know that's known is repeated brain trauma. Um, so then it becomes a question of how much do we throw much? the baby out with the bathwater? So we know that sports are uh, hugely beneficial um, for youth uh, in particular, and so I think there is a lot of debate going on right now about the balances of. Uh, the benefits of sports participation versus the risks that we we know are there. We just don't know exactly who's at risk and when that risk becomes significant enough that we need to do something about it. I also want to mention, and it goes back to your your previous question of you know why are we why do we hear this uh, in regards to the American football uh, uh, players and and military members. The majority of research is coming uh, out from Boston University and the Brain uh, Bank associated uh, uh, with the, the university, and that's through um, Ann McKee's work predominantly. And the majority of the donors are actually former uh, football players and military uh, members. So I think it is also important to note that their CTE has been diagnosed in, in brains through autopsy in other uh, in other athletes, other types of athletes, such as boxers, professional hockey players, okay. and even non-athletes. So it's not just in football players and military members that we do have good, to, good to be concerned about. And it goes back to this idea that when we do an autopsy and we find tau in a football player, 
right now we think, oh, that must be the reason that they were having the symptoms that they were having. But we don't entirely know yet the link between finding that very characteristic neuropathology and the clinical features. So a lot of people who are donating their brains think, oh, I've got problems, it must be CTE, let me donate my brain. They find tau, but that link still needs to it's be not better necessary. established. Oh. Yeah. Very interesting. From the Department of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation, my guests have been Chief Psychologist Brian Rieger. He's the Program Director of the Upstate Concussion Center, as well as Dr. Claudine Ward, who is the Medical Director for the Upstate Concussion Center. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.